Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Basketball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. We are invading your weekend. Happy Saturday, everybody. Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Today. We've got a mailbag for you consisting of questions that you left on Apple Podcasts and emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Adam Azer, Scott White, Chris Towers, blah, blah, blah. You know who we are. Let's get to it. I'm put, I'm imposing a two-minute time limit on every question. You have no more than two minutes to answer. And uh, the reason is these people have been kind enough to leave us reviews or send us emails. Let's get to as many as we can. This starts. Uh, this one's from DCAV. Let's start with him. DCAV. Uh, question for the mailbag. Who is this year's Cattell Marte? Whose underlying stats look similar to, his, to Marte's in 2018? Who's poised for a 300 average, 30 homers, 200 plus runs in RBI season out of nowhere? Is it out of no? Is JD Davis out of nowhere? No, I think it's similar, right? Like, finished strong, big yeah. second half, numbers were yeah. good. So he would be my pick. Uh, is Nick Castellanos out of nowhere? Also very good. Big second that half. That production would be out of nowhere. Yes, he's not out of nowhere, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's. 100% within the realm of possibility for him. Okay. Garrett Hampson had a big finish. Um, here, we're going to talk about a few more of these potential guys. From DJS5566. Big fan of the show. Who? What order would you draft these outfielders? Avisayo Garcia. Mark Canna. Nomar Mazzara. I'm glad we got a Mark Canna and J.D. Davis <laughs> reference in the first five minutes yeah. of the podcast. Now we can just not mention them again. Right? Yeah, what, you know sponsors. who I'm going with first in those rankings is Canna. Nomar Mazzara. <laughs> I'm even no, going to go with probably, I think we probably have the same order. Yeah, Maybe these, Adams is different. Two of these guys are on my sleepers list, and those yeah. are Canna followed by Avisel Garcia, who after Nick Castellanos might be the biggest part beneficiary of the offseason. And then third is Nomar Mazzara, who doesn't... Ha- it's not like he doesn't have sleeper appeal, but it's not... It, it 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 it's a more difficult case, I think. In his case, you're just betting on pedigree, not on like anything in the underlying stats. And really, change of scenery, yeah, yeah. But he, it's not like Nomar Mazar has been a bad hitter. Like I don't, uh, Mark Can is the obvious number one. Garcia, I don't know. I mean, Garcia's been a lot better the last two seasons. For like and Garcia was for like stretches. Uh, he's not that Garcia good. was pretty usable last year. Not for most of the season, I feel like. I think he was... You know what? I'll find it. Okay. Next email. Come <laughs> back to that. Uh, Two of the last three. Sorry. Uh, from FFGUIU, of course. I play in a 6 by 6 head-to-head roto league. I guess that's head-to-head categories. With holds as a category. How early should the elite non-closer relievers go? We start 10 hitters and 10 pitchers. Daily lineups and its holds uh, is a six by six category. I don't think. I think you probably push closers and relievers down in general. You push closers down, and I think I, I can't see any world in which I would take a non closer within the top one hundred. Still, who is the 
best non-closer? I feel like there should be an obvious answer. It used to be Nick Anderson. That's why it's not obvious anymore, I guess, because now we're thinking of him as a closer, even I, though it's not. I think it's Diego sure. Castillo. <laughs> Diego, because because you're hopeful he gets saved. See that? Well, I think it creeps into the, the, the but I, I mean, just in terms of skills, like I'd put, I don't know, I'd put like a Seth Lugo up there. But Lugo, like, like Lugo, hasn't been this good. Like Lugo last year, if he repeats it, yeah. But well, very few relievers have any kind of track record, and the ones that do are usually closers by now. Read the things they're saying about Diego Castillo. He was concerned about his family last year um, in Venezuela. And he just had a, a rough year from that standpoint. He came back. He was a little bit out of shape. But I've been just reading some quotes. They are super excited about him. I wouldn't be surprised if he got the closer's job back. He's a lefty who throws like almost 100 miles per hour. And he was a freaking stud in 2018. So he's yeah. toward the top of my list. But I like Lugo too. I mean, there's a lot be, of guys. This would be a situation where I lean into the vol- volatility of relief pitcher. Because there's going to be so many options who we don't even see right now yeah. that are coming through. And when you're combining saves and holds like that, it just increases the supply so much. I, I wouldn't really spend on reliever. Yeah. Good call. Um, let's see. Next question. By the way, I couldn't find anything on Avisa Garcia. He had an 885 OPS in 2017 and like a 790 last year. So useful two of the last three years. Yeah. 790 is not really going to do it for me, especially since he, I'm predicting it'll be better in Miller Park. But Hopefully, yeah. but he's a ground ball hitter. You're a ground ball hitter. I understand, <laughs> but it's he hits the ball hard enough and has gotten to where he hits it in the air enough that I think he could hit between 25 and 30 homers. And he, how many did he have yeah, last but year? Nomar Mazzara like could 20, I think. He had 20. Nomar Mazzara could definitely hit 25 and 30 homers. Yeah, he just doesn't do anything, anything else. else. Right. Yeah. Obviously, El Garcia is a good source of batting average, too. From Not OC a great Dog. Source of batting average, but a good one. All right. OC Dog is a draft strategy question. 10-team, 5 by 5 categories league. What's the ideal starting pitcher and relief pitcher ratio compared to hitters? And how early do you go after those pitchers in this shallow of a league? 10-team, 5 by 5 categories league. Hmm. I didn't really understand this question. So why did you? <laughs> so a ten-team league—it's it, a great, that's a there, perfectly fine follow-up, Scott. I don't know why. No, I, I get it. The he's asking whether you should make pitchers more of a priority or less of a priority in a shallower format. And wow. in this instance, we talk a lot about how in a head-to-head categories league, um, you can punt starting pitcher and still have an effective squad. So. In a shallow, less shallower format, does that change your approach? So. Does it make so. you more or less likely to go after the elite starting pitchers? More. More. Okay. Because you're not going to be able to get away. Uh, I agree. Like ERA and WHIP are going to be better for the other teams who do uh, do get starting pitchers just because the lower-end ones are getting washed out. But yeah. yours so you should be even better if you go uh, ever, ever. well I, I don't think that's as i don't think that's as uh predictable also in a shallower league you're not going to have quite the same advantage at hitter because the hitting pool is just so deep sure so i don't know that it makes sense to like be like well i'm just going to punt pitcher and load up on these elite hitters because that's know. fair uh from d scott 509 one star review done with the show unless heath comes back i'll still mm-hmm. read scott's stuff what about my stuff? <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Danny. 
for 2020, for whatever reason, I'm drawn to both Miguel Andujar and Gio Urshela, and I want to take both, hoping that one or both hit, literally and figuratively, in my utility spot. Am I crazy? When do I pull the trigger on them, and how do they compare to, say, Justin Turner or Edwin Encarnacion? Can you chat about Andujar and Urshela for me? I think Justin Turner's better than either, but he's also more expensive. Um, I think there are similar playing time concerns for all three, and for Encarnacion as well. But I don't mind drafting several Yankees. Scott had like 19 Yankees in his breakouts discussion yesterday. So <laughs> that's right. It was um, Who's Ken? Whatever. Whatever. Um, and so yeah, I think like that's a perfectly viable strategy. They're they're gonna play. It seems like a decent amount, and probably every day for the first couple of weeks, at least, if not longer. The thing about Andujar and Urshela is they're not really competing. I mean, they both could be in the lineup a lot. I mean, Urshela figures yeah. to be an everyday third baseman unless he goes back to being a bad hitter. And Andujar can spell void at first, can play left field, can DH. So he'll. Uh, it looks That's like Andujar, it, yeah. Andujar is going to have an audition while the outfielders are injured. I'm getting the sense from how much left field he's playing this spring that Andujar is going to play a lot. I don't think his playing time is as assured as Urshela's. But, um, you know, Luke Voigt factors into this discussion, too. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, th- I, think they're, I, think, I think Andujar is going to get enough at-bats to be a worthy starter in basically every format. It'll be harder to fit him in in, a, in like a head-to-head league with the smaller lineups. Time's but. up. Okay. I do have questions about whether either is as good as their best seasons has shown. Yeah, same here. But worth a risk of where they're going. From Rim Spence, my question is about prospects. Will you guys name some some guys with zero MLB experience that you expect to be fantasy relevant for at least half the season? Yes. I actually put together an all-rookies team that I'd like to pull up. But one name that immediately comes to mind is Ryan Mount- Mountcastle of the Ryan Mountcastle of the Orioles, who I think will take over as early as May and uh, could be a could be a really good hitter right away. Not, I mean, a, not a total stud, but just a good, solid player who deserves to be in your lineup. Luis Robert, ever heard of him? <laughs> Louis yeah. Robert, Joe Adele, Mackenzie Gore, Casey Mize, Alex Kirilov, Alec Baum. Uh, Tariq Screwball. Screwball. Nate Pearson. <laughs> I think Nate Pearson could be up pretty early. And he looks ridiculously good. Yeah, you mentioned Alec Baum. That's a good one. Uh, Nick Madrigal could be a mm-hmm. nice source of batting average and stolen bases. Lately. And he could be on the opening day roster. He could be. Evan White, I think, is there's there's a chance he's useful. It's a tough park, and his power profile is questionable. But I I'm not ruling it out. Evan White being an, a useful player. Yep. Let's go to some emails. Rich in Chicago says, "Dear Spider, Apollo, Clubber, and Yvonne." Those are Greek gods. Who is Spider? Is that like Creed too? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> spider. I don't know. Like obviously. I know who Apollo Clubber and Yvonne are, but is that no, he fought Tommy Gunn in Rocky Five. I'm gonna he... spend two minutes just figuring out who Spider is. Uh in the film Rocky and Rocky Balboa, there is a Puerto Rican boxer from Philadelphia named Spider Rico. Interesting. I don't remember that. 
Okay. Uh, I so Rich wants to talk about the baseball, the lower seams potentially. How? What kind of effect would this have on hitters if the ball is different? Well, the seams would be higher if it's different, not lower, because it would the drag would be reduced, and that would make it so the ball doesn't travel as well. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I was writing about in my latest spring notebook piece last night. I was writing about Masahiro Tanaka and how he commented earlier this spring that the seams felt different, which was good news for him because hopefully that meant he got the grip back on his splitter and you know he had a great start on Thursday, five strikeouts and three hitless innings. Uh, so maybe it is back. Maybe the seams are different. But his specific comment said it feels like they did in 2017. 2017 was the year with the other big home run jump. Not as big as last year, but it was historically notable as well. So I'm still I'm still thinking I'd just prefer not to deal I would, with it. I would just say I don't think anecdotal evidence is going yeah. to help us figure this out at all. Right. I don't think like cherry picking pitchers saying I like the feel of the ball this year better or it's not going to help. We're going to need some some hard data and I I haven't seen anything on that yet. Okay. It would be it's so funny that everything we're doing now in the preseason could be just completely ruined by a change in the baseball. I mean that is such sure. a significant thing. It's it's unbelievable that baseball can be that the the statistics the outcomes of the games can be determined so much by the stitching you know it's it's just it's unbelievable you wouldn't get that in any other sport it's ridiculous it's a uh, ridiculous like also a, pretty fun it's like the what if the outfield walls were just moving <laughs> all the time you know well the outfield balls walls are variable length that's, but, but what that's if they were constantly moving like it was an arcade game <laughs> And sometimes, oh man, like the, an MVP baseball. You guys remember that? Like one of those, <laughs> like a hitting the mini game where like there's like yes. a trailer. And no, like I don't remember that. But oh man, let's let's propose it. Okay, on so, uh, this is from uh, Colin. He wants to know who won't be a thing anymore. Who will finally be a thing? Who will be a thing again? And who will be the biggest thing? His nominations are: Paul Goldschmidt won't be a thing anymore. Julio Arias will finally be a thing. Mark Canna will be a thing again, and Trey Turner will be the biggest thing. And oh, I love the Trey I did Turner this. call. That would take that would take too too much thought, I think, for me to answer in two minutes. I like his submissions. I think those are logical. Um, man, who <laughs> who won't be a thing anymore? Um, All right, I'm gonna say. I wish I could find my answers for this. Trevor Bauer won't be okay. a thing anymore. They're kind of calling him a bust. Then, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm sort of avoiding Trevor Bauer. I think. Uh, yeah, I think he might just. Uh, I think Paul Goldschmidt might be the way I go. Yeah. Um, who will finally be a thing? Marius I'm really going to say call. Jesus Lazardo. Who? What will be a thing again? Uh, who will be a thing again? Mark Hanna. So, like, who's going to repeat? Oh, um, so you would say oh, I don't get to answer, I guess. DJ Lemayhew. <laughs> Geez, Scott, just go to. Buy a Yankee, like, just put money on the Yankees. <laughs> well, Scott, just Venmo me some money. I'll go over the river to Jersey, and I'll put in a, a bet on. Uh, so my choice for won't be a thing anymore, because I'm also on this podcast, guys. I don't know if you guys realize. As long as you're not in the bathroom. Ryan McMahon. <laughs> okay. That's my choice. He, right. is, he has not been good so far. Okay. Yeah. Will finally be a thing. Julio Urias. Just steal it right from Colin, okay? 
That's a it's a I still Colin's, love Colin. Colin's a smart dude. Will yeah. be a thing okay. again. Uh so last year's break, Cantel Marte. Stole it from okay. Scott. Okay. I didn't say him. Will be the biggest thing. And then thing. who will be the biggest thing? I'm gonna go Jordan Alvarez. Jose Ramirez. Juan Soto. All right, thank you, Colin. Good stuff. This is from Blake. Dear Brutus, Romeo, Macduff, and Othello. Those are people that Rocky fights. <laughs> uh, I don't know who Macduff is. is, is that they're Shakespeare? all Shakespeare. Yeah, they're, uh, I mean, I figured. Characters. Macduff sounds like Shakespeare meets The Simpsons. I believe Macduff was the rhythm guitarist for Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> all right, can you talk about these guys briefly? I feel like they're popping up repeatedly in my mocks, and I could use some more thought from you guys. All right. Scott, I'm going to give you a name. You're going to give me a quick thought. Here we go. John Gray. Uh, I think kind of back-end useful, maybe a little undervalued, but I don't see huge upside anymore. Justin Upton. Being way too overlooked. Or was it just Scott? Sorry. I'll turn my microphone on. <laughs> Scott, give me a quick thought on Justin Upton. Oh! <laughs> it really is just me. No, no, no. It's fine. I knew Chris was going to pop in there on Upton. Uh, yeah, I mean... So low the cost that you might as well take a flyer if you need power late, but I'm I'm also not depending on him. Chris, Framo Reyes. Will be the biggest thing. Although he lost weight, so will be a slightly smaller version of the biggest thing. Would you rather have Upton or Reyes? Reyes, for sure. Scott, Christian Vasquez. I'm fine with him as my starting catcher. I could see how it goes wrong for him, and he doesn't perform up to that level again, but I don't feel like the alternatives are enough that you can really afford to be that picky. Uh, Chris, Kevin Newman. kind of wish you had gone with Scott there. I, I admittedly haven't thought much at all about Kevin Newman. Scott, Kevin Newman. Newman. <laughs> um, if you need steals and batting average late, he'll give you, especially batting average, and, you know, it, it could be like a 15-15 season. Not exciting, but potentially useful. All right. Thank you for the email. Next email is from Ryan. Dear Pole, Thon, Patton, and Grote. Uh, Greek gods. Stop Members of that. Guns N' Roses. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> the only thing I can think is, no, that's not. Google that's not doesn't right. even know. There was a thon, there's a Thon maker in the NBA. No, I don't think it's that. Would it you sound t- like like Thor characters, but that, I, you're I'm just sure Chris that. would know if they were. Yeah. Would you talk about some high OBP mid to late rounders with guaranteed playing time that I should target? Mid to late rounders with guaranteed playing time that what? That he They're should target? Good in OBP. Good in OBP. Okay. Mark Hanna. <laughs> 400 last year. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kyle Schwarber, maybe? If the batting average is high enough, he should be good at OBP. Uh, is Carlos Santana, does he count as a mid-rounder? Yeah, does Max in Muncy Roto. count as a mid-rounder? Not Max Muncy, yeah. but Santana, yes. Okay. All right. So they're there. What about okay. Marcus Simeon? Does he count? No, I don't think so. He's like in a seventh, eighth round All right. Pick, so. Well... Uh, Edwin Encarnacion, he won't have a good OBP, but it'll be good relative to his batting average. Yeah, so will Miguel Sano's, for that matter. See if I can find some some hidden gems here. Um, Christian Yelich, is he? Justin Turner. Okay. okay. 
Yeah. Um. Still looking. Still looking. Uh, Lorenzo Cain should help you. Uh, Brian Reynolds with his batting average. He he had a three fourteen yeah, batting okay. average. I mean, we're doing it that way. Three seventy seven yeah. OBP. Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker. I'm very excited about Kyle Tucker. Very excited about Kyle. <laughs> he went from zero for sixteen to. I'm very excited about him because he homered and doubled yesterday. But no, no I'm excited okay. about him too. He's 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 on my breakouts list. Okay, and I think that's pretty much all I've got. Here. Luke Voigt. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he was at like 370 before the injury last year. Yeah. All right, next good. question from Sam J. Uh, I'm interested to see how you weight players when playing in a points league versus head-to-head categories. Twelve-team head-to-head categories, daily lineup changes, standard scoring categories, plus OBP and quality starts. So is that it's a head-to-head categories league with daily lineup changes, but with OBP and quality starts? That's very pointsy to me. Yeah, that's the thing is counting OBP and quality starts gets you a lot of the way to the value, a lot of the way to picking up what Roto typically leaves behind. This is Mike from the town that Derek Jeter was born in. Was he born in Kalamazoo? Windsor, Ontario. <laughs> I don't think so. From for uh, Dear Mike D, MCA, and Adrock. Please tell me you guys know what this is. I know what it is. Pretty sure. They, I know it's one of two familiar, things. But I'm blanking. Sorry. <sighs> it's either. At, wait, no, it's not oh the Beastie god. Boys. It's. Uh, oh my god. It's. Uh, it's. Uh, oh Run god. DMC. Oh my god. I can't. You're doing a bit, right? Wait, who is it? <laughs> it's the Beastie oh, it Boys. Okay, okay, okay. It's the Beastie oh Boys. Oh my god. That's, oh, you know how much are... I hate the Beastie Boys. Pathetic. My absolute least favorite. Like ever, basically. You're my absolute least favorite. You know the ever. the the Beastie Boys, and, and the the Beastie Boys were the Lonely Island, twenty five years ago. They are a You're, parody band. You know they released <laughs> other like songs besides "Girls" and "Fight for Your Right to Party." They're right? the worst. I don't know why. You're the worst. Okay, uh, I know you don't all talk too much about only leagues, but they're a thing still. I'm in a high stakes ale only roto auction league, and I'd love your opinion. I need to win this year. Please help get this in your mailbag show. I beg of you. All right, it's roto. OBP runs, RBIs, homers, and, and uh, steals. ERA, whip, wins, strikeouts, saves times two, and holds. Okay. I think they double count saves and count holds for one. Interesting. Okay, so uh, $260 budget. With my keepers, I have 178 to spend. I want to go big after Trout. History suggests he'll go around $60 in this AL-only league. Do you agree? And how much would you go in on a closer like Chapman or Hendricks? I would not go after Trout in an only league. I just think you have to... This is this is totally contrasting the the auction philosophy I spelled out in the last podcast on Friday, but I think when you get in a league that deep, you have to spread your dollars so carefully that you can't afford to dump a lump sum like that on a player. But he does have really good cheap keepers. That's the one thing to keep in mind in this specific I don't know how many keepers he has, yeah. He's got six. It's Devers, Glaber, Vlad Jr., Jordan Alvarez, and Garrett Cole. In that instance, here's one thing we haven't talked about, really, with regards to AL and NL only. Trout's the only one in the AL, right? Yep. It's he's he's 
by far the best Lindor. player, especially in an OBP league, because yeah. he's going to lead the league in OBP. The first round is littered with NL players, like Trout, Lindor, and then who's third? Like Jose Ramirez? Colin Verlander. But oh, in terms the, of hitters, the hitters. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Bregman. Oh, Bregman. Ramirez, I'm sorry, yeah. Bregman, yeah. Um, so I, this might work, because Devers for 13, Torres for 16, Vlad for 11, Alvarez for 6, Cole for 36. Uh, this might work. But um, Chapman or Hendricks, Scott, how much would you go after a closer like that in an AL-only league? Saves are worth double. Yeah. But you also get holds points, so. And that... Uh... I'm not really sure how to do the quick math there. I don't I don't like spending a lot on closer because they're so volatile and they're going to cost so much because they're even scarcer in an AL only league. Mm-hmm. Um I would prefer Chapman because there's a track record there. Hopefully that can counter the volatility. But I would expect I would expect to spend more than twenty on those guys if 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 saves are being double counted. All right, let's go to our next email. It's from Sean. Who are some fantasy relevant players that will gain a position of eligibility early in the season, like Sano at first base? Um, I could see Nick Solak picking up eligibility at a few different spots: outfield, second base, third base. Though I know he's DH only right now, but that shouldn't last long. Uh, You're DH only. Within the first week. Um. Or just uh, Scott Kingery at second base. Is he going to play second? I thought he was going to play third. No, it looks like Gene Segura is playing third and Kingery's playing second. They like his defense there better. Well, Interesting. Gene Segura third. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Although you would never play him there. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Miguel uh, Andujar is going to get eligible. He's only yeah. DH only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Alvarez, he, he mentioned Alvarez at outfield. I've estimated that it'll be sometime around the All-Star break. But... I don't think it's going to happen at all. I do. They've I think they'll use him like in NL Parks. I don't think he's going to play the outfield at all. Because even, of even in NL Parks? I That is my understanding. Interesting. Is that his knees are going to require Jordan so Alvarez? The, the guy in his second season? Yes. What? I'll I'll try to find the uh, report. That's crazy. All right, uh, Scott, you got to go. I am I am out of here. Yeah. All right, Scott's leaving. You guys enjoy. You can just leave Skype on. We'll uh, just ignore you. Um. All right. So uh, Chris and I will finish up. This is from Josh John from a city south of L.A. Uh, San Diego is south of L.A. Right? Yes. Dear Mike, Probably. Mike, Luke, and Miguel. I think those are Yankees' first basemen. The Beatles. First baseman. <laughs> Ford, Voight, and Duhar. Ten-team head-to-head categories redraft league. Would you rather have the third and 18th pick or the ninth and 12th pick? Ten teams. Ninth and 12th. I'd rather have I like, third and 18th. Uh, I actually like picking at the end of the first round. It's It's your... It's your best chance to get an elite steals guy and an elite pitcher. And so the, the drop-off from 12 to 18, I think, isn't worth it. I think in a 12-team league, I'd agree with you. Then it would be 3-21. and 21. But in a 10-team league, I'd rather just have one of those top five hitters. But you make a good point. From Craig, uh, I'm using Fab. I've never used Fab before. I have no idea how much I should spend 
I'm picking up Dylan Bundy and dropping Joey Lucchese. Joey Lucchese. $100 budget for the year. Currently, I have it set at $0. Is this pickup attainable? Do I do 5 Do I do 10 What? Ah, I have no clue. Dropping Lucchese for Dylan Bundy, $100 budget, how much? It's certainly possible you get him for 0 in that instance if you really want him, especially because it seems like Lucchese could be uh, out of a rotation spot. I would probably bump it up to two or three. The fact that you have zero dollar bids does certainly help you be aggressive earlier in the season because you're not going to be left with zero roster moves. Chris, Alex wants to know if Trevor Bauer, Corey Kluber, and Carlos Carrasco, all former Cleveland Indians or current, um, all come through spring training healthy, how are you going to rank Bauer, Kluber, Carrasco? I think I would go Kluber, Bauer, Carrasco if they make it through spring training healthy and looking good. From Angel, um, who are the top five pitchers we should target after Scott's top 37? The reason I, I ask is because I normally see people reaching for high upside pitchers after the top 37 go, like Gallen, Lazardo, Lamette, Moentas, Max Fried. Should we join the reach party or target later round sleepers with similar upside like Keller, Kopech, Kopech, Pearson, Cease, and um, Hauser. Oh, I think there's a big drop-off between that first group of Gowan, Lazardo, Lamette, Montas, and Freed compared to Keller, yeah, but Kopech, they're, Pearson. They're in that top 37. Barely. Right? Barely. I don't I don't think all of them are. I think only Gallon and Montas, maybe. I'm like, it's splitting hairs, but I think yeah. you get... No, I think there's a big difference. I think you should try to get in that Gowan, Lizardo, Lamette, Montas, Freed group. Um, Lamette is really interesting. I'm not sure he's more than just a strikeout guy. Yeah, he's someone who is who has a lot of helium. There are a lot of people who like him a lot, and I just I can't see paying the cost, which is like 150th or might even be higher. It might be like 130, the 132nd, one pick behind Zach Gallon, uh, two picks ahead of Jesus Lazardo. I just I don't see him having the command or the arsenal to be much more than like a five innings, five and a third innings with a decent amount of strikeouts guy. This is from Brian. Um, he's in a six-category, 12-team head-to-head categories league. It's got OBP and, and quality starts. So it's six by six. Now, it's adding quality starts, so that means qual- starting pitchers all of a sudden more important here. Would you still go four of the top 37 starting pitchers in this kind of league? I don't know how to balance doing that, getting Hater or Yates, and getting good enough share of the big bats. Well, don't get Hater or Yates is the first thing. Like, if you add quality starts, not replace wins, yeah. but just add it, and you don't add another, like, ratio stat, then start, then relievers just lose a little value there. I think they lose a considerable yes, amount of value because they're their impact is even more muted. They don't like they'll help you in ratios for sure, but they're they're pitching such small inning totals that there's only so much they can help you in. Yeah, and even um, even adding a sixth hitting category makes closers less valuable because you're yeah. just adding more categories. Winning mm-hmm. saves just doesn't matter as much. Winning steals just doesn't matter as much. So, yes, four of the top 37 is even more important when you add quality starts as a sixth category and relievers lose value. Peter at Rutgers. Hey, Ozzy, Tommy, and Geezer. I, Those feel like I old rock stars or something. I don't want to be 
the well actually guy, but I think he means. Well, hold on. I got I got to Google this one now. Yeah, no, these are heavy metal guys. This, this yeah, it's Black it's Sabbath. Be, it's Black Sabbath. It's got to be Tony o, Tony Iommi, not Tommy. But yeah, that's black. Those are original members of Black Sabbath. Okay. Uh, starting pitching trend is making me want to go hard on starting pitchers this year. But I was wondering, is this starting pitcher trend the same in daily leagues? I know you guys hate daily leagues. That's not true. I like them. But I'm sure a lot of listeners um, could get a little advice here. I I think it potentially only increases the the value of those high end starting pitchers because if you're streaming, you want more guys to go with, to choose from who have quality in daily league. You're going to be streaming your pitchers more, not streaming as in like your roster, but from starter to to bench. I don't quite understand. This is I think the argument against going SP heavy in your draft in a daily league is just being like, well, I can just pick up players off the waiver wire and stream them and, and then dump them or whatever, or, or I can play the match. I could draft more guys late, more starting pitchers late and just play the match. They're going to, they're going to screw up your ratios is the thing. I don't think it's any more or less important personally. I think it's the same. Fair. And I, in my league last year, my one, no, I had two daily leagues, but in my one that was like daily with, you can make transactions every day and potentially pick up a pitcher and stream. The options were really bad. I just yeah. didn't want to do it. So for the most part, they were bad. Uh, all right. More Apple podcast questions. I didn't put names in, so I, I apologize. Hello, ham squints and repeat. I don't who's repeat. Are those just beloved sports movie? No, Ham and Squints are from the Sandlot. I'm oh, guessing right. Repeat is. I don't know oh, Tommy Repeat Timmons. The, the, oh, okay. He's okay. Tim, Tim... Tim Timmons? The Colossus of Clout. The Colossus of Clout. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Do you guys have some advice on how to draft in a dynasty startup auction head-to-head league? <laughs> um, have fun. Yeah, I mean... Get lunch beforehand. You're going to have to, you're definitely going to have to make a priority of age. And Scott does have a, an auction or a dynasty top 150 that was, that came out earlier in the spring that you should check out. But it just, I think a lot of people are going to avoid older players probably too much. And one thing that you should keep in mind is you're trying to win this year too. And so if you see, that the older players, the Justin Verlanders, uh, the name another old player, Max Scherzer. Blanking. Max Scherzer. If those guys are starting to fall too far, or or the auction value isn't quite high enough, if someone like, you know, I, I could see an instance where like Zach Gallen gets close to those guys in an auction dynasty league. You're still trying to win this year, and winning this year is just as valuable as winning in 2022. And so I would I would say don't take those guys off your board and potentially pivot to older players. Mm-hmm. Also, check out our mock drafts to see. We did a startup dynasty uh, league. No, it wasn't yeah. an auction. But just check out to see where kind of everybody went. Devin from Sacramento says, Scott White, I disagree, but I like you anyway. How, how would you generate your dollar values in a points league? Uh, wait, did I combine two? Pitch two questions here. No, 
I'm in a head-to-head points league, no catcher, three utility spots, and no required relief pitchers. We're switching over to an auction for the first time. Should I bid and grab two high-end pitchers and three high-end bats? And then basically, this is a really complicated question. Uh, it's sh- basically, it, it's a slightly deeper standard points league. Um, three, It's a points league, three utility hitter spots, no catcher. So you've got two extra hitter spots to fill. And no required RPs basically means it's going to be mostly starting pitcher. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, definitely spend big on starting pitcher. And I, yeah, I mean, I, studs and duds is what I'd say. Spend big, yeah, on, big on big time players. It's a slightly deeper version of a standard head to head points league, so that the the returns on a studs and duds approach could be slightly lesser. But I, I still think that's probably the way to go in points. This is from Pilo in New York City. Do you think the new reliever rule will have any type of fantasy impact? The kind of pitchers who were being impacted by this rule weren't fantasy relevant, so I don't think so. There will be something. I just don't know how it plays out. I, I think it's going to help offense. I think it's going to lead to more runs being scored, basically. Yeah, it could. I, the margins are so small in these situations that I, I think the, the effect is likely to be pretty negligible. And Padres for the playoffs. How valuable are saves and steals in a points league? Or can you just rely on bats and innings? In a snake draft, you can rank the order. Can you rank the order in which you can afford to wait on each position? Okay, that's um, two separate questions. Okay, so volume is much more important than efficiency in a head-to-head points league than in a roto league. And saves and steals, they matter in as much as they get you points, but they don't matter any more in a points league than walks or strikeouts or like well they're just ways i don't agree i agree with you on just ways for people to get points well yeah but i agree with you like steals don't really matter you don't target steals but you do target saves and the problem is saves are so unpredictable but saves are actually extremely important in a in a points league like in in a season like this with so many sparps there there are bound to be probably seven sparps drafted in most leagues that there's gonna be probably five to ten closers in most points leagues who go undrafted entirely. Yeah, but if you get the Orioles closer, Hunter Harvey, he could have great ratios. But if he only gets like 20 saves, he's not going to be worth using in a points league. Saves are, for closers, the stat that matters more than absolutely everything is saves. For hitters, the stat that matters probably least of all is steals. You know, like... Like, so it just, steals are important. They're, they're worth two points. They're like doubles. But you yeah, can't have steals specialists that do nothing. Like, they're, those guys are useless. Yeah, Malik Smith doesn't have much value. Yeah, exactly. Um, And in terms of which position can you afford to wait on, outfield is the one that comes to mind is the, you can wait the most. Yeah. I guess third base. Third base and short, third base, shortstop, and outfield are the deepest positions this season. They are, but uh, you shouldn't wait because but, because yeah. like they get gobbled up pretty quickly, and there are a lot of players that are eligible at other positions, like and third base, so it kind of thins the pool a little bit. 
relief pitcher, you definitely relief pitcher and outfielder are the ones that you shouldn't like go too crazy on. That's and then the ones you should draft the earliest. As soon as we get to round six, maybe round seven, Real Muto and Sanchez, if they're there, they're, they should be on your team. Yep. That's it. That's our mailbag. Wahoo! Hey! Good job, Chris. Thanks, man. Good job, Adam. Go get some lunch before the auction. I, I will. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!